Well, welcome back. Is is this the last Sunday of Lent, or was I last Sunday know. the last Sunday of Lent? <laughs> yeah, no, this upcoming Sunday, Palm Sunday, I think is the last Sunday of Lent. But it's red, not purple. Uh, oh, so confusing. So many colors. <laughs> but we had pink two weeks ago, so... We did have pink. We did have pink. This That was like a, a prefiguration of, of the red to come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a... I had a pastor one time that told me, <laughs> this is great. So the pink, the pink of Advent, you get the pink if you add the white of Christmas to the purple of Advent. In the and wash. So, and so it's it's a little bit of like the white of Christmas is seeping into the Advent. Mm. <laughs> so what you're saying is this was a laundry mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a man who's always had to do his own laundry. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, this is a lot of reading. Yeah. A lot of reading. It's a long one and a lot of standing. A lot of standing, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's actually two gospel readings. Did you guys know that? I did know that. There's one at the beginning of Mass and one (laughs) Mm -hmm. normally. Yep, yep. Outside, there's a gospel. we get those palms, though? That's the best (laughs) part. (laughs) It is Palm Sunday. You get, uh, to get to sit in mass and make those crosses yeah, and not pay attention. Make a little cross, <laughs> make a basket, torment your neighbors for the end of it. It's great. Ooh, you got something on your back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me run this by you, see what you guys think. I was really struck by the the first reading, or the the reading from Isaiah, because it seems like Isaiah is giving us a mindset that we need to be in for this for this day and for this special week. He says, the Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to speak to the weary, a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning, he opens my ear that I may hear. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. Okay, so there's a bunch of things there. So this reminds me a lot of the the Shema, the, the greatest commandment that Jesus tells us, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. In Deuteronomy, it goes on to say, these are the words you are to speak daily. This is how we really understand our prayer. But I think these readings, these very long gospel readings from Luke, are kind of like that Shema, where this is it. And all we have to really do is open our ears so that we may hear it, so that we can communicate. Jesus is the king coming in glory in our first gospel. And then the consequences of his preaching, his teaching, and his ultimate uh, resurrection and glory in our second reading I was really struck by this reading as kind of, uh, yeah, kind of this mindset, this way of looking at not only the readings, but also the liturgy, how this whole week is a series of teachings and a kind of an encouragement to really open our eyes and open our hearts so that we may be receptive to that, to all that the readings have to offer. So like you're, you're saying that you're putting the focus on how God, God opens our ears so God opens our ears, but we also have to listen. Mm-hmm. So the diff- I guess there's a difference between hearing and listening. That's what I would tell my students anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between hearing what I'm saying and listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But your point, yeah. Jonathan, I think stands is that, you know, at the very beginning of Holy Week, the reading from Isaiah has us looking at how the Lord opens our ears to listen. Yeah. And, and opens my ear that I may hear. Yeah, and then, you know, if you put the rest of the events of Holy Week in that context, then we are walking with the Lord in the Passion, 
hearing to his actions, listening to his actions and watching. Right. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. Mm -hmm. Like, we are literally walking with Jesus on the road to Calvary. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not for disgrace. It's not for debasement and being broken down. It's to know that Jesus is risen from the dead at Mm -hmm. Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's a tendency, I think, maybe within the Passion, and maybe this is just the influence of like, you know, the spiritual exercises, but there's a tendency within the passion to want to take the suffering away from Jesus and not not wanting to be with him in his suffering, but wanting to run away like the disciples, mm-hmm. you know, but like you're saying in Isaiah, the Lord opens our ears to listen and also exhorts us to like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in the gospel. It's like, remain with me for some time and watch, mm-hmm. watch and wait and listen Many of us, I think, probably just want to like either run away or run to tear down the Romans or tear tear down all of his accusers. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, no, wait with me and listen, because I'm going to be preaching with my actions here. You know. Well, I think uh, just something that emphasizes that point a bit is that this is one of those occasions where the gospel is actually acted out. This is where you have... The priest is usually Jesus's voice, and then you have a narrator, and you have people in the crowd, usually the uh, people in the pews. And so there's this back and forth exchange, which is, I think, a part of this liturgical experience. We are not just saying this is something that's far off. Jesus is now, in this moment, inviting us to partake in this passion as a community. Mm, yeah, And so... It's not just me individually at this point. But now at the very end of Lent, the statement is that this is a communal experience, that Mm. we're going to experience it together. And we're not going to look away. The readings are so long because they just keep driving this home, that we're not not just going to take part of the passion. We're going to take the whole thing. Yeah, another thing to maybe think about, too, is I I like the communal element, but also I like how... um, the watching, the waiting, the listening. Uh, in our day and age, perhaps, perhaps, something could be said about how how quick am I to think that this is all resting on my shoulders to solve the world's problems? Mm-hmm. Do I have any faith that God is laboring for us? And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is that, you know, I, I'm always struck by that scene um, in the Passion movie, uh, you know, from from 10 or 15 years ago, that scene where Jesus interacts with Mary on the way to the cross. And he basically says, you know, behold, mother, I'm making all things new. Mm -hmm. And like, there's this beautiful interaction there where he says, watch what I'm doing. You know, think about our day and age. Well, in our society, do I have any faith that God is laboring in that mess? Or do I just think it's all a mess and God can't even be anywhere near that? God wouldn't condescend to that level. God is absent from that. We should then also be absent from it. It's like, well, there's no faith there. But the faith is that Jesus is actually laboring, even though, you know, he's telling me to wait on the sidelines sometimes and watch because look what great things he's doing. Here's another, uh, maybe another point, Jonathan, that I don't know if you thought about it, but this is just a small point. But I noticed that in the opening gospel, Jesus enters on the cult. And then he, in the Isaiah reading, it's one of the suffering servant songs. And then in the Philippians hymn, it's the canonic hymn of Jesus coming from the Father and taking on the form of a servant. Well, in all three of those, the emphasis here is on the lowliness of Christ. 
So in the opening gospel, he's a king, but he's a lowly king. In the Isaiah reading, he's a king, but he's a suffering servant. In the Philippians hymn, he's a king, but he is a king who emptied himself of all glory. When we read the Passion now, after these three readings, when you read the Passion now, know that this is your king. Mm -hmm. And your king carries his cross and suffers death for the sake of the world. I don't know. There's something really striking for me there about, you know, am I the one who's singing Hosanna at the entrance of Jerusalem, claiming Jesus to be the king who's going to conquer the Romans? Or am I ready to see him as the lowly suffering servant who did not take on the form of God, but was willing to die? Yeah, I like that. And, you know, again, it goes back to this idea that is this what we are proclaiming with this well-trained tongue that the Lord has given to me, especially these weeks? Or are we taking that God-given ability and twisting it somehow to f- be more self-serving or to be looking be on the lookout for for the high king the one you know the military leader whatever that might be a, a good way of of mm-hmm. really hammering home that that emphasis on who who jesus really is mm-hmm. the king of glory yes but the lowly king of glory yeah mm-hmm. i mean we look for our salvation in all of our politics and all of our machinations it's like the reason that we're so polarized is because we for- forgot that God is the king of the universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, we have to have faith in that, that God is in control. And we have to cooperate with that and work with him. But I should, there's no reason to despair. Mm-hmm. So let's try to find a number. How long should this homily be? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've gone for about 15 minutes. <laughs> that seems a bit long. <laughs> yeah, maybe just two or three. <laughs> I think even like you know yeah two or three at most five and hey I you listen if, up yeah <laughs> all right everybody huddle up <laughs> but i wonder if it could even be more of like a guided prayer hmm. you know hmm. like we've gone through these readings we've sat we've sat with this story now and let's sit you know one thing imagine jesus on the cross and now imagine Jesus on the cross looking directly at you. What is that? What is that experience of being look, mm. looked at by this Jesus who chooses to suffer in the world, chooses to suffer alongside you and for you? I, mm. I, I think that there's something there that these readings naturally lend themselves to a deep prayerful experience, so much so that my own, you know, homiletic tools that I'm going to pull out are not really going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let the text speak. Yeah. And we're there to facilitate that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like that idea of like a guided prayer, a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of those funny contradictions that the longest readings are often, often require the shortest homilies. Yeah. Something else for us to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Let Jesus speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Easter is next week, huh? Easter. Easter's here. Almost. Almost. Ooh. Don't skip over Good Friday. Are you guys going <laughs> to die eggs? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. no. Okay. Well, we're at my house. We'll do it. As for me okay. and my house, we will die <laughs> Easter eggs. Okay, Joshua. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. See you next week.